this morning, I want to, um, I've got a message I just want to encourage you and challenge you with. And um, you're hungry this morning? You're ready for the Word of God? You all got your Bible? Yeah. <laughs> you all got your Bibles? Let's open them up. Open them up anywhere. Anywhere is good. Bible's full of good stuff. And uh, this, morning, this morning, I want to preach on... Um, a sovereign commission. Everybody say a sovereign commission. See, friends, you and I here today, our, our, our lives are not an accident. We're not, um, we, we are not designed. We're not, um, God has not planned for us just to wander through life and just to uh, grow old and die. That's, that, that is never, ever the purpose. Our purpose on life, our purpose on this world right now, uh, we do have a purpose. We do have a purpose, and if you look at the education system right now, how they're preaching that, that man came from monkeys and stuff like that, load of rubbish. If that is true, then you've got absolutely no reason to live. But friend, God has created you and I with a purpose. God has created us. There is a reason that you are alive on this earth today. There's a reason that you are uh, created the shape that you've been created in. There's a reason that you are in the place. There is a reason... That the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there is a time to be born and there's a time to die. Today is your time to live. Today, you are in the season that God has placed you in. There is a timing. You are in the timing of God. You are in the timing of God. You are in this place for a purpose. And um, this morning, I just want to talk about, just carry on a bit, bit about what the theme, in fact, this theme's been going on for the last 2,000 years, so, so it's nothing new. But anyway, we're going to come back to it again. And uh, uh, earlier on in the year, God spoke to me about a, 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 in a verse called, a, in Titus one verse five, and uh, this little verse here, it's a, uh, it's Paul talking to Titus, and it's he, he's uh, Titus is a young man um, uh, picking up a work uh, on, on the island of Crete, and it says, for this reason, Paul is saying to Titus, uh, Titus, for this reason, I've left you in this place. For this reason, you are here, in order that you would put put in order the things that are lacking. That you would put elders or you would put leaders or shepherds into every city. In other words, what he's saying, I've, I've started a work and I've, I've put you here. I'm, I'm commissioning you here in order to fulfill and complete that work while I go on and continue to extend the kingdom. For this reason, I've left you here that you would put in order the things that are lacking. For this reason, you are in this place. So for everything, there is a reason. For everything, every person, there is a, per, a, a, a reason and a purpose. And the same theme always got, it, it also went through from um, through the life of Jesus. And uh, what Paul is doing, he, he, he has picked up the commission. He has picked up the mandate that Jesus Christ came into the earth to fulfill. And uh, if you look in Luke, we'll just, just quickly look through it. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse uh, 43, uh, Jesus says, For this purpose I have been sent. For this purpose or for this reason, I've been sent here. I must preach the gospel of the kingdom to other cities also. In other words, there is a reason that Jesus Christ came at the time he did. There is a reason that Jesus Christ was born into the place at that time. That reason was to bring and extend the kingdom of God. Uh, another verse that talks about, uh, if you just want to turn to it, uh, 1 John 3, 8. For this reason, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. So if you look all through the Bible, for every person, there is a purpose and there is a, there is a reason for their existence. There is a reason for your existence today. And uh, so many people today, if, you're, if your life is boring, then you obviously are not walking in God's purpose. You obviously haven't found God's purpose. If you're not enjoying your life, there, there's, there's something amiss there. 
And the, the main purpose of Christ's ministry on earth, in a nutshell, was to, was to bring and extend the kingdom of God into the earth. This was the original mandate that God had for man. So the Bible talks that, the, uh, the, um, that, that at one stage that the, uh, that, the, that the devil was cast out onto earth. And so God put man on the earth. God put him in a place called a garden that was in Eden. And his mandate was to, was to subdue the earth and fill it. Not just to... Um, uh, bring every animal on. There's quite a lot, quite a lot more to that. God's mandate was for man was to bring that which was in heaven, the kingdom of God, and extend it right throughout the earth. So that theme follows all the way through the Bible. Uh, of course, when Adam fell, sin came into the world, and so Jesus, uh, God sent His Son Jesus in order to to um, to fulfil that mandate and to bring the kingdom of God. And uh, if you want to turn your Bibles, let's just turn to uh, Luke chapter four. And so through the period of time, there was um, different men and women of God came and, and, uh, and, started, and fulfilled their purpose uh, in life. But uh, then it was time for, for Jesus Christ. It was, uh, like I said, there was, a, there was a time to be born and a time to die. This was the, this is the timing. This was the, the timing that God had set for Jesus Christ to come into this earth. And uh, uh, you, as you read through Jesus' life, he, he starts off as a little baby and, and starts to grow. And there was a period, there was a season in his life where he, he picked up his father's business. And there was a, it talks back in Matthew where, um, uh, where Jesus continued to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And so eventually Jesus comes to the time in his life where, it's a, where his, his purpose, the, the, the main purpose for his existence is about to unfold. And if we look in, uh, we, we, we look at it. Uh, Luke chapter four, verse fourteen. And uh, Jesus had been away in the uh, out in the wilderness, and uh, had been fasting, had been tempted by the devil. And, and now is the time when Jesus is about to fulfil his ministry. And it says in verse fourteen, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And the news of him went out through all the surrounding region. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, Nazareth where he had been brought up. As, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. In other words, Jesus went to church. <laughs> Jesus had a job to do in church. <laughs> uh, and he stood up to read. So he, he gets his Bible out, he gets, his, he gets the scripture out, and he turns to, to the place where it says in Isaiah. And it says in Isaiah 61, it talks, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So the thing is, is like Jesus uh, was sent. Jesus is a man who was sent. He was not just turned up and did his thing. and He, went. he was sent at the right time, at the right place place and time. Just like you are today, you are in here, you are on this earth at the right time and the right place for you to fulfill your purpose. And when you talk about, when we look about why was Jesus sent into the earth to extend the kingdom of God? Friend, there are two, there are two main kingdoms. There is either the, the kingdom of God or there's the kingdom of darkness. In the, uh, in the spirit realm, there's no, uh, there's no other nations. There's either one or the other. So the kingdom of God is not limited to, uh, to natural dimensions. I mean, the kingdom of God isn't, can be extended in New Zealand, China. It, it's, it's not limited to, to, to natural man-made boundaries. 
It, it, it is a, it is something that exists in the spirit realm which, is, which influences everywhere we go. And so here Jesus is standing as a, as a man sent by God. And um, he talks about here that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to send, to in other words, what he's talking about, there's a reason, there's a purpose for his existence. Who sent him? God sent him. What did he send him for? To extend the kingdom of God, to extend the interests of the kingdom of God. So what does that make him? That makes him an ambassador. See, Christ was an ambassador sent by God in order to fulfill and extend the kingdom of his kingdom throughout this earth. When you look at an ambassador, what is an ambassador? Ambassador is one who was sent from one nation into another in order to, uh, to expand the interests of the nation from which he was sent. He is, uh, the dictionary talk, uh, an official representative of a king or a government. He is a minister of the highest rank with the authority to represent the head of state. He conducts negotiations between reps or groups of nations in order in regards to culture, economic, trade, and war with the intent to gain a strategic advantage and extend their country's interest in that place. So how a nation uh, treated that ambassador was a direct relation to how they treated the one who sent the ambassador. So if someone treated the ambassador uh, honored him well or received him well, it was as though he received the sovereign that sent him in the same way. But if the ambassador was trashed, if he was uh, dishonored, if he was, uh, if he was treated wrongly, that was a direct representation. That was uh, as though uh, uh, the whole nation or the sovereignty of the nation for which that ambassador was sent was also shamed. So here Jesus Christ was sent as an ambassador. Uh, another thing of the, about an ambassador is this. He is bound to fulfill the instructions of his sovereign and only do what the sovereign would do if he himself was present. So if you look at the life of Jesus, you look at what he said. He said, I'm not here to fulfill my own will, but I'm here to, send, to obey only the one that sent me. That is my Father in heaven. So it's very clear that Jesus Christ was an ambassador sent to extend the kingdom of God here on earth. He was here to represent God himself. He was God himself, but just without going on to all that. He was an ambassador sent to extend the kingdom of God into earth. And uh, so the place where an ambassador lives is is in an embassy. And I I don't know if you've ever visited an embassy before, but it's like wherever an uh, an ambassador lives in an embassy, and it's like you could have, um, like for New Zealand here, we have the island of New Zealand, but somewhere in New Zealand, I think it's down in Wellington, we have the U.S. Embassy. That's where the U.S. ambassador, or the, the man, the person who represents the United States government, he resides in New Zealand in a place called the U.S. Embassy. Even though it is New Zealand, even though it is, we're in New Zealand, the embassy in which he lives in is regarded as U.S. soil. So if you went to the U.S. Uh, embassy in Wellington, what you will experience when you walk in there will be things American. <laughs> you'll deal with things. You'll see a, a great big U.S. flag up on the wall, probably. You'll probably see Abraham Lincoln. You'll probably see the president. You'll probably see... They'll do things like Thanksgiving. They'll do... All the, what, what you will experience in that place is... is, is um, 
is American culture. See, what happens is, a, is an, in an embassy, there we, what we have called diplomats, and those diplomats, uh, they have dipl- diplomatic immunity, but inside that place, like a little island in, in, in the middle of another nation, that is where, uh, in that place, uh, like in the U.S. Embassy in Wellington, U.S. law will operate in that embassy. And the job of the embassy in New Zealand is to extend U.S. interest in this nation. You understand what I'm saying? So they have an American culture. They don't, uh, like if you, went to, if you went to another nation and uh, you went to the New Zealand embassy into another nation, you'll see a part of New Zealand culture. You'll see, um, you'll see uh, Maori artifacts there. You'll see uh, different things that express the, the nation of New Zealand. And his job there is to extend our nation's interest into another nation. So here Jesus Christ, sent as an ambassador, sent onto earth, uh, and, and the realm in which he lived in was called the embassy. He didn't have, it wasn't just his house, it was, it was everywhere he stood his foot, that was to be the embassy. And if you look at, um, if you look at it, uh, like how a, how a kingdom or, a, or how a nation is manifested or how it's expressed, there's three predominant ways, I believe. There's probably more, but I've got three anyway. Uh, the first one is culture. The culture is to do with people. You, think, you see Americans and Kiwis and different people from different nations. They have a different, they have a, a, you can tell where they're from because of the culture. You say, well, that's, that's someone from New Zealand because who else is chat, bro? Yes, I mean, we were walking down a place in, um, oh, I can't remember, it was Asia, somewhere, and this guy was walking down the other way, and, uh, and uh, he, he, he was a Maori chap, and uh, he just had to you know, lift the eyebrows, and I mean, he knew exactly what I was saying. He, we didn't have to say it, it was like, hey, <laughs> New Zealand culture, man, he could identify New Zealand culture. That one is a Kiwi. Different color, looked a bit different, but hey, that's a Kiwi. And if um, <laughs> you know so, so culture, I mean, what makes up culture? Um, beliefs, what people believe, what people consider normal, what, what, what people practice in their time. So all these different things, uh, all these different beliefs and, and, and behavior patterns and different things all make up, uh, make up a culture. You've got, um, you've got money issues. You've got like the whole economic side of it. You've also got uh, what, another thing which, um, which uh, a nation can express its nature by is uh, through military. So, you know, when uh, the U.S. military run into town, it's like, man, uh, I mean, I was in, uh, where was I? Singapore last year, and uh, I saw that the Singapore government putting on their, their show of military might, and it was pretty impressive. They had all these, they had these massive big missiles, nearly half the width of this room on the back of the trucks going through the middle of town, and it's just like they were flexing a bit of, uh, uh, they were having a bit of a gun show, if you know what I'm talking about. And so you could say that was, there was a part of their culture they were expressing, they were demonstrating a, a, a bit of their power. They were saying uh, to other nations, don't even try to mess with us. Don't try and cut off our water because we have, we have a power. You, you, you don't want to mess with us. Another thing which also represents a nation is what I believe is called sovereignty. And, um, and it's like a, uh, there's a difference between uh, the culture of a nation the military of a nation and the head of state. So when you go to America or when you go to a place which is uh, of a different culture, 
You can experience the people. You can, you, you can experience the way of living, the, the way we do things, the way we behave, what we believe. You can also have an experience of their military might. You can see how powerful they are, what sort of armory they have, how, the, the strength of their warships, the strength of their air force, all those different things. But there's another thing when the head of state walks into a room. It's like all of a sudden there is a, an awesome respect. There is something about, have you ever seen a king or, or a queen or something like that? There is something about being in the presence of that type of person that it's like, it's awe-inspiring. Like if the President of the United States was to walk into this place right now, you'll be able to feel the atmosphere go, oh, oh. And in the same way, the kingdom of God has different aspects. The kingdom of God has its, has its own culture. The people, that, the, the way things operate in, in the kingdom of God, they are different to how things operate on earth. So the kingdom of God is a culture. Uh, the kingdom of God also has a power. Uh, if you look at, uh, back, to, back to culture, in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, it says, the kingdom of God is within you. So uh, there's a part of the culture, there's a part of the kingdom of God already inside of us. It's just got to come out. And uh, there's also, uh, there is also a, a military sense of the kingdom of God where it's in, in Luke 4, 14, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Another, set, another part is, uh, is sovereignty or, or, or the glory, what I believe is also interpreted as the glory of God. When, when God, the presence of God himself, steps into the room, it's a different feeling. And uh, in, in Isaiah 6 verse 1, it says, uh, I saw the Lord, it was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. His train filled the temple. In other words, as soon as he walked into that place, his train, his presence, everything about him, Filled the temple. There is nothing uh, quiet about our God. When he steps into a room, you know he stepped into the room. His train fills the temple. Well, that's a bit extravagant, isn't it? Maybe we could have cut down a little bit of the material and saved a bit and given some material over here. No, 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 no. His train filled the temple. Friends, we've got to understand the God whom we serve. We're going to understand the nature of the kingdom that lives within us. We're going to understand the nature of the kingdom that God wants to extend in this earth. There's a specific culture. There's a way the people operate. There's a, there's a, it's not just, a, it's, 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 it's not just a, um, another subculture. It, it, it's something completely different. It's a, it, it's a kingdom. It's a whole way of living. It's, it's not just a culture, but there's, there's power in there. When Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, there was something about him when he, he, he confronted demons, he confronted sickness. There was a power that came. But also, like the Bible says, his train fills the temple. I mean, the whole Bible talks about, I mean, there's plenty, I mean, you can, you can all read that about, about the glory of God. But so... And he comes back to the story where Jesus is a, around 30 years age, of age and he's, he's come to church. He's in the church meeting and he's a, he's a young man and, and, and he's, he's been given his Bible to, to stand up and he looks to Isaiah and he says, oh, what am I going to read today? He looks at Isaiah, Isaiah 61. 
And see, inside, he, he, he knows. Inside, he, he's got a sense of purpose. He knows what he's here for. He knows that when he's, he's going to get up and, and, and speak the word of God, it's not just going to be uh, an, a nice Bible reading that we close the Bible and sit down. I don't know. He knows this is the time of his purpose in life. This is the time where he's about to fulfill the mandate that God has commissioned him to. So he finds out and starts to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's not just reading it, he's, he's declaring it, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So in one sense, he's declaring it out here. On the other sense, the, the, the people listening say, well, that's a nice, that's a good young man. He's going to be a great preacher one day. So he, the people don't understand just at this point that what he's saying, he's actually making a prophetic declaration. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me too. In other words, right now, there is a reason that I exist. There's a reason why I'm in this place right now. And uh, so at this point, he start, that is the place where he starts to stand up as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. He starts to decree every t- everywhere I walk, every, t- every place that I go, every f- place where I put my foot, these things will operate. There'll be kingdom culture. There'll be a power demonstration and people will experience the glory of God. You can see on the, on the, on the, on the mount that happened. And so uh, if you start to, let's have a look at, uh, in verse 18, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. You have been anointed. The, the anointing is here for a reason. The anointing is here more than just to have a few goosebumps and fall on the ground. It is here for a reason. God releases his anointing upon us for a specific purpose. He doesn't want you to stay in church and just go all the goosebumps and just go on out and, well, that's great, great experience. It's more to it than that. If if, if that's about it, well, then you probably face quite a severe midlife crisis. And so he starts to say, uh, he starts to preach the good news to the poor. In other words, what is this good news? Somebody who's poor or somebody which is lacking. This is the reason I've sent you into this place in order to fulfill those things that we should lack. The reason I'm here today is to preach the good news to the poor. What is the good news? That man can be reconciled to God again. That life can be different. You don't have to uh, do all these certain rituals in order to forgive your sins forgiven anymore. Life is different. The, the good news to the poor is that God wants to come and reconcile himself to man again. He wants to show you a new way of living. He wants to show you how to live the way that you were designed. See, friends, we were never designed. Uh, there was new, he wants to show us the way to live that we were re- originally designed to live. See, friends, you and I were never, ever designed to carry shame. You and I were never, never designed to carry depression. We were never designed to carry hatred. None of those things. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were naked and felt no shame. You were never, ever designed to feel shame. You were never designed to carry that. You were never designed to carry hatred. You were never designed to carry depression. If you're walking in depression, if, you're, if, you, if you've got this stuff around your life, then something's out of alignment. So the good news to the poor is, is that, you, first of all, you can get reconciled back to God. And this is how to live. Like your, your lives are in a mess and, and the, things are happening and some of you are depressed, some of you got leprosy, some of you are sick, some of you are this, some of you are, I want to show you a new way of living. 
That is good news to the poor. Good news is that you and I can be reconciled to God. Uh, We don't have to do all the rituals or anything like that. You and I can come into a right relationship back again. He He also says he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. See, Jesus also came to to touch people's lives, not just to teach a a way of living, not just to show, but he also came to touch people's lives. And if you look all through the Gospels, you'll see in in Luke 6 and Matthew 5, he, he, he teaches people how to live. He shows how you and I were designed to live, about dealing with resentment, about dealing with offenses, about how to handle money, where to put your treasure, where to put your where to put your life. And he said, but he also talked. You see, people that were had, had leprosy, and and you read in the Bible there where where the, where the man had leprosy, and he was outcast from all. No one could touch him, but Jesus went and touched that person. So as you start to see, um, he starts to bring, proclaim liberty to the captives. In other words, he starts to bring a message of hope to mankind. At that time, the Israelites were living under a foreign power and uh, live without, many live without hope. But Christ had a message of hope. Also what he did, he, he uh, talks about and to, and to bring recovery of sight to the blind. In other words, to bring truth, to bring law. Lo- bring light to that which is keeping people in darkness. And as if, if you read on, you'll, you'll see that Jesus sat down and then he, then he says, what I've just said is now fulfilled in your midst. In other words, you read about it, what happened a few years ago, now it's happening. I'm the man that's going to do this. And then he starts to, after they all marveled at him and said, oh, well, that's a great young preacher. He's a good young man. But then he stands up and he starts to bring truth. As soon as he started to bring truth, they all got upset. But as long as we live in deception, we cannot walk in freedom. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. In other words, he brought a demonstration or an exertion of the power of God. He brought an exertion of the power of the kingdom. If you look in, uh, in Luke eleven fourteen, 14, it says, when, when Jesus drives out a mute demon, that was an exertion of force. It was, a, it was an exertion of power. And if you look in uh, Luke chapter 20, uh, Luke eleven twenty, it says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then surely the kingdom of, of, of God is among you. So there was a, a show of military power of the kingdom of God. And he also goes out to, uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, now is the time. Now we're in a season where you can come into right relationship again. Now is a season where you don't have to carry that baggage that you've been carrying around your life. Now is the time when you can walk back into right relationship. Now is the time where you can experience uh, life the way that you were originally meant to design to live. Now is the time of salvation. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, don't put it off. The good news is this. Now is the time of your salvation. Now you can come. You, can, you don't have to carry baggage. You don't have to carry shame. You don't have to carry a depression. You don't have to carry it. Then, uh, then, then as you see that, um, that Christ started to commission his disciples to continue the work. And then, uh, just quickly wrapping up, just turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.20. 
So as it goes on, Jesus, wherever Jesus went, he, he, he continued to bring the gospel of the kingdom. Wherever he went, he carried kingdom culture. Wherever he went, he carried kingdom power. Wherever he went, he, he, he had that resolve that wherever I am, these things will operate around my life. Faith will operate around my life. Hope will operate around my life. Joy will operate around my life. The Bible says with the Spirit of God is there is joy, there is liberty. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 5, verse, uh, verse 20, Paul's saying, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Friend, you and I as Christians, we are not meant to be seat warmers. The Bible talks that we are Christ's ambassador, just as Christ himself was an ambassador of, of, of God, sent into the earth to bring the kingdom of God into the earth. He also mandated his disciples. And those disciples, he said, go and make other disciples and teach them everything I've commanded you. So therefore, today, if we are disciples of Christ, we are ambassadors of Christ. That means wherever we live, our sphere of life is kingdom embassy. Wherever we live, wherever I tread my foot, kingdom law, kingdom culture, kingdom power, kingdom glory abides. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the nation right now. People say, oh, these factories are closing down, this, that, depression, this, that. It doesn't matter. Wherever I am, wherever I tread my foot, everywhere around me, these things will operate. There will not be depression. There will not be poverty. There will not be unbelief. There will be hope. There will be vision. There will be, uh, there will be kingdom power. We are ambassadors for Christ. You too. Uh, friend, we are ambassadors, not church sales reps. For so long, the church has been operating in a place where we are church sales reps. There's a difference between where somebody is a, a sales rep for a company. The phone rings. We would like to see if you would like to buy this product or knock on the door. Hey, we'd like to. See. Have you ever seen these magazines? These are for you. And the was going to. Ah, get out of here. We're not here to sell church. We're not here to sell church. We're not here as a church sales rep. We are here, first and foremost, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. If we are just church sales reps, we will never, ever transform society. It just will not happen. The church, church is not over in 10 minutes, five minutes. Quite often we have a mentality, oh, let's go to church. And, and I'm guilty of this myself. Let's go to church and after church we'll do this. Oh. No, no, no. The church doesn't finish in a few minutes. I am the church. This ain't the church. It's not the church. I'll show you the church. That's the church. That's the church. It, it doesn't end. The church, the Bible describes how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Right now, this is, this is a church service where you come to get inspired and equipped and empowered afresh. But it doesn't end here. You are the church. Everywhere you go, go everywhere you tread your foot, you are the gate of heaven. The question is, is that gate open or is it closed? <laughs> We won't change society just by having more people come to this church. 
It doesn't work. There's been surveys done, two, one in Dallas, one in Tulsa. Churches with the highest number of born-again Christians, the biggest churches, also equated to the, you'd think, then the chloramide must be low. No, that's the highest. Well, not, I mean, by all means, bring people to church. I'm <laughs> saying, don't do that. But you, you are the church. Everywhere you stand, you are an ambassador. In your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, you are an ambassador. You are an ambassador of Christ to bring. You are, a, you are the gate of heaven all of the time. That shouldn't close. When we, we, will start, we will change society when we start living our lives according to the kingdom. We will start to change society when we start to become the church that God has called us to be. You and I will start to change society when we start to bring the kingdom of God in here. And that's not just going to happen just here right now. It happens when you and I stand up as the ambassadors that Christ has called us to be and bring the kingdom to every sphere of life. Just, uh, just unwrapping up now. What is that message? That message is one of reconciliation. First of all, how people can get their lives right back with God again. How people can get that, that void that's been inside of their life. And they're looking for it in drugs, alcohol, uh, all these different things. How they can fill that void inside their heart. The thing is, when we start as Christians putting our own interests first, you will live a very, very boring life. This is why the Bible says... Uh, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, put God's interest first. As an ambassador, when you start to put the interests of the nation in which you were sent from, when you start to put that first, I tell you what, the nation will look after you. So many times we look at, we, we spend all our energy trying to find stuff to fulfill ourselves or we're, uh, we're so needy so, many, so much of the time. But when we start to become outward looking, you'll find that God will meet every one of your needs. Why is there so much depression around? Simple. Most of it, I, I believe, is de- depression is, is, is another, word, another phrase for depression is uh, internalized rage. So when people are, are, that's why Jesus said to forgive. Don't let the sun go down. In, don't let the sun go down in anger. Just release those people. Every day I come before God and say, God, Lord, Lord, I release mercy. Lord, I release forgiveness right now to every person that has offended me because I don't want to get depressed. I'm not, I mean, you get sad times, but I'm not talking about being sad. I'm being having depression. Why do people feel lonely? Because most of the time they're thinking about themselves. What does the Bible say? What does kingdom say? Show yourself friendly. A man who has friends must show himself friendly. So if you are lonely, if you are if you're a nomades or anything, I'd, I'd be asking myself, I'd take my, a good look in the mirror and say, am I a friendly person to be around? Or am I just looking after number one? When you start looking after one, you're not walking as a, an ambassador. You, you won't be a gate, there won't be the gate of heaven. Just quickly, I mean, the kingdom culture, you look all through the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, all through that, talks about how to live in the kingdom culture. Um, Excellence, generosity, friendliness, hope, joy, faith. I mean, that's just, we're only just scratching the term. So for us today, for this reason, I've left you in this place, that you'll put in order the things that are lacking. What is the thing that is lacking? Right now, it is the presence of the kingdom of God in our society. When we start to become, start to stand up in our roles as ambassadors and start to bring 
the kingdom culture through our community all of the time, we will start to see it changed. Amen? Why don't we close our eyes? You want to ask yourself this question right now. Am I, am I truly standing as an ambassador for Christ? Am I truly standing as an ambassador of the kingdom? Three main ways, I believe. First of all, in culture. How do I treat people? What do I truly believe? What do I believe about people? How do I live? How do I operate at work? How do I operate my business? Is it in line with kingdom culture? Am I, am I bringing kingdom culture through my business? Am I bringing kingdom culture through my lifestyle? Or am I just living for myself? What about kingdom power? Do you have kingdom power around your life? Plenty of people today need change broken off their lives, and it needs not just good teaching, but it needs an exertion of power. You have that power available to you right now. The other thing is kingdom sovereignty, kingdom glory. Friend, you have access to the very throne of God right now. Friend, when God steps into a room, when, God, when you have the presence of God around your life, there's something undeniably tangible around there that phenomenal. What is it that you carry around your life? For some of you here today, you may be depressed but first of all look at my own heart and say well what am I carrying inside if you're sick what are you eating if you feel rejected when was the last time you invited somebody home for you or took somebody out for a meal it's very, very simple, really. But today, I ask this one question. Where do you stand with God right now? Maybe you're here this morning. You've never, ever made a decision to follow Christ. Friend, now is the season. Now is the time of the favor of God. Now is the time. Don't put it off another day. If you're here this morning, you've never, ever made a decision to invite Jesus Christ into your life. Well, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Someone here this morning, you want to make a decision to ask Jesus Christ in your life, hold your head up high. Father, I just thank you for every person right now. Father Taylor, we choose to stand up, Father, as ambassadors of the kingdom in our community right now. Father, we just thank you for the cities of Napier and Hastings. Father, we thank you, Father, for the Lord, for your, your plans and your purposes, Father, for our, our, for our region. Father Taylor, in Jesus' name. Father, we just speak your favor. Father, right now we speak hope. Father, right now we speak your blessing. Father, upon our region in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Awesome. Well, there you go. Encourage you for this reason. This reason you are in the place you are.